show uh kicking into 2024 there's no one i'd rather speak to than my guest today alex craner thank you for joining me sir a uh, great pleasure to be with you again mel as always oh wow so uh you um are out there you uh you give great commentary running regularly and um just now it turns out that we have opened a new theater of war for the united states and uh what is going on in Yemen. So your take on these fast moving uh, war uh, marches towards more and more war. What's the worry? We're the United States of America, for God's sakes. We can just do whatever we will. Okay, joking aside, Mel, I, I, think it's, uh, I think that they have lost completely control. I think that um, the... You know, they, they 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 have their foot stuck on the accelerator. And when I say they, I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I'm not talking about um, necessarily anybody legitimately in the administration, although that itself is debatable. But, you know, one thing that we have seen now with, uh, with the disappearance of Lloyd Austin is that somebody's, somebody else is running the show. So he's not there, and I don't know if he's back. I, I mean, I the information is kind of uh, all over the place, and I, uh, some friends of mine who are close to the uh, U.S. Army, they said like, no, it's not confirmed that he's back, and we don't know where he is. And so I, you know, I kind of looked at the news, and I'm not sure that I understand, but something definitely very strange is going on. And then the commander in chief has no idea and no worries about his where his defense secretary is, as wars are expanding, escalating, things are going completely out of control, and the commander-in-chief does not know where his number two is. Right. And so what that tells us is that very likely um, some swamp network is running the show, actually. Yeah. And the swamp network's interest is not the same as the interest of the American people. And so, you know, if they can't control things, well, let's just set everything on fire. Let's go bomb Yemen. Even though we have no formulated specific objectives, we have no strategy, we have no exit uh, rationale for anything. Let's just bomb things because we don't know what else to do. And even, you know, Yemen has been bombed for eight years by, uh, you know, American weaponry run by Saudis and, you know, NATO right. um, staff. Yep. And do, do you think they had a time to adapt to that, to, to leave nothing sensitive, open to being destroyed in right. bombing raid? Yeah, they took five or six casualties, which will happen when you drop massive bombs, but nothing of significance. So... You know, they're dropping bombs because they really don't know what else to do. And I think that what this is achieving is that it is creating, um, it's creating a powder keg that could really blow up on them, but it will blow up on them as well. You know, U.S. forces, British forces are coming under fire and they're going to be coming under fire increasingly so all the british troops all the american troops that, that 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 are left there in the theater have been turned into sitting ducks 
and they're hoping that something bad happens and then they can, you know, drum up the patriotic fervor, right? our boys, our ships, you know, whatever. We all have to go out at war. And, you know, it feels to me like the the, the empire is committing suicide. Yeah, it certainly does. And and uh, and the, the scary part about that, too, is I believe that there is going to be some uh, Ukraine types, uh, psychological um, brainwashing uh, propaganda coming up to engage in Taiwan as well. So what I'm seeing is, and I believe all these wars, including Israel, including uh, Ukraine, including all of that, is really the the doings of the what I call the globalist billionaire oligarchy, and that the only people that benefit from all of this is that group, and or they believe that they benefit. So this week, uh, as you know, um, there is an event at Davos. Their big uh, meeting is coming up, the 15th to the 19th. And would you believe? I'm sure you would, that the one of the first panels is what to do about America. And I'm thinking, oh, really? And then I look at who is going from this installed regime to be our representatives there. And it is Samantha Power, Blinken, Sullivan, Newland, uh, and Chris Ray. Of course, the, the 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 climate people are going to a globalist governance conference in the middle of all of this. And all I can say is I don't understand how people do not think that this is tantamount to somewhat treason of some sort against us, because why would they be oh, going there? I think I think you can cross out somewhat and of some sort. This is treason. This is high treason. They're going to Davos to discuss with the globalists what should be done about America. Yes. Uh, isn't that up to the American people? Who are paying their salaries and their and their private jets to fly there? Yeah. Um, it seems to me that we've come to the point of 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 maximum danger, Mel, uh, because um, the the all out attack, the total war, has gone bare knuckles. They're not even trying to uh, make pretenses anymore. You see what they're doing to uh, Donald Trump uh, by lawfare. Right. They've staffed courts with these ignoramus activist quote-unquote judges who barely have any knowledge about what they do they just know that they have to harass donald trump and it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter whether it's legal doesn't matter what, whether it's moral they just have to harass him to death to make sure that he cannot become the president of the united states one way or, or the other then we had uh, a very important moment, which I which I wrote about, but a very revealing moment in my in my last uh, Substack article was uh, uh, the you know uh, the 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 court case um, Robert versus Austin. That's Dan Robert versus Austin. Uh, uh, it was this is Lloyd Austin, the right the the defense secretary, and this was this is related to the COVID. 19 uh shots that were yes. mandated uh two years ago and then uh, todd calendar and his legal team fought it and they found their case just being dismissed yes their arguments nobody answered their arguments nobody replied the the department of defense simply dismissed the case now they were they were astounded by astounded by this like, how could this be? 
the courts were just saying like we don't have jurisdiction how can you not have jurisdiction so by you know by following the law and the regulations that have been implemented they found out that actually right now you're living under a covert uh military dictatorship so the four key functions of the executive power in the u.s government so that's um public health uh judiciary so the courts uh corrections and law enforcement have all been coalesced under a single hierarchy and set under the department of defense so you know that same guy lloyd austin he's on top of that hierarchy and so the department of defense can tell can tell uh, the courts you have no jurisdiction dismiss these cases because we are under a pandemic emergency because in december 9 december 2021 marburg pandemic was declared nothing happened there is no pandemic but administratively it has been declared uh uh you know it's like, it's like those those three words um health emergency public health emergency, public health emergency, I think, yeah, those three words, public health emergency. And once that public health emergency is declared, then you have this turnkey totalitarian system that gets into effect. And so, you know, Calendar and, and his team managed to get the case on the docket with the Supreme Court. And last week on the, on the 5th, of, uh, 5th of January, uh, the court took uh, the case into consideration whether they were going to going to hear it or not, and within three days they uh, no. they denied the petition, so they're not going to hear it. So basically, a massively important questions of essentially of liberty, because among the questions is, according to the laws in the federal registry today, if in any by any means your genetic code has been altered. Uh, the corporations that, or firms, or, or you know, defense health agency that own the patents on the newly synthesized genes are the owners of the genetically altered organism. The implication of the standing laws is that people who received the, the shots might be considered chattel property. Right. And so the Supreme Court has to clearly say, no, this is not the case. This cannot be the case. You know, we have we have yeah. 13th Amendment, we have, and uh, they declined, they declined to uh, hear the case, even though not no court or the Department of Defense or Health and Human Services contested the allegations they're not contesting the allegation they're just saying courts dismiss the case right so we are in a lot of trouble we need to we, you know if we don't put up a fight our children are chattel property yeah imagine that the court would look at that this very serious question and say we're not going to even answer you it is so shocking to me first of all nobody in america is reporting this story you and one other person I've heard talk about it. And second, um, this is something of the highest priority that should be going to the Absolutely. court. Absolutely. And that is Absolutely. how you know that the Supreme Court itself 
is not functioning. And as I believe that our country, I think our country is fully captured by the globalist billionaire oligarchy that are obviously in bed with the military industrial complex. And as, as you aptly call them, the uh, international banking cartel. And I frankly think the American people don't play into any decisions being made at all. But what is very scary is, you know, Donald Trump used to always say, they're not after me, they're after you and I'm in the way. I keep saying to people, they're not after America. They're after the world and America is in the way. And removing America from being in the way seems to be the end goal here. And we have, yes. you know, 10 months for people in America to realize that they are not each other's enemy, that the enemy actually wants to destroy and enslave all of us. And that's where I'm, I'm waiting for this moment where people start to realize, again, also you brought up earlier the whole war theater. We don't have enough troops. So that would mean a, a draft. And I don't care what side you're on or if you're gay, straight, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, whatever you are, your kid will be in that draft if we don't stop these people at this point. So to me, the war on America and then talk going to the border is really heating up. And I don't understand why oh, yeah. the American people don't see the absolute stakes for this nation to even survive as America at this point. Well, I think that they don't see it because uh, this this moment has been in preparation for decades now. Right. And so the the propaganda machine has been preparing the you know like the brainwash the, yep. the, the that prediction programming where they where they give you some uh you know nuances uh, some indications about where the system is going but you're kind of being entertained because you're thinking like oh you know hunger games like well go read the report from the iron mountain where they in 19 when was it in 1963 um they are saying hey, yeah we need to we need to organize some kind of a hunger games thing for people for people's entertainment and so the whole thing and you can see that now it's also happening in europe you see what's going on in poland you see what's going yeah. on in in germany the the whole pretense that we are in some kind of a democracy where people decide and people matter is all being thrown overboard and you see these naked uh, oligarch fascist forces moving to take and consolidate power. Okay, so, you know, Germany erupted. Now Poland erupted. I think it's a matter of time when France erupted. They just, they just appointed the youngest, least qualified prime minister I would say in the history of the universe, the, the guy is 34 years old. He barely knows anything about anything. Right. They made him a prime minister. The first appointment he did, Mel, would you believe he appointed his ex-husband to be the foreign minister? What? And his ex-husband is a guy with not even a day's experience in foreign affairs. So it's, they're, it's like they're spitting in our faces and they're saying, like, bite me. This is what's going on. Somebody else is running the show. Here, here's the puppets for your entertainments and somebody you can you can get mad at. Yeah. But obviously, you know, these 34-year-old boys, um, you know, are not running the show, clearly. Right. And, and now and now they're even like telling us. Yeah. Now no, that's even, the like, thing. That's the scariest part about it. When I looked at the Davos agenda and I saw that the for one of the first panels was what to do about America, 
I thought, oh my God, they're not even hiding it. They don't even yes, have nuanced even language. Yes. And, yeah. and the other thing that we've talked about a little bit before is also, so so the Poison Ivy League has been fully exposed is what it is, and uh, which is a good thing. But I also believe that they did, be, while they dumbed down and made these all like cesspools of, of, you know, activism training in these Ivy League schools where they recruit the people to replace the Kissingers and Brzezinski's, they didn't do that. They, these, they do not have strategists. They don't have ex, uh, expert risk players. Players. They, they don't have that to come up even behind them. So the question there is, you know, Klaus Schwab's 81, even though I think he's a figurehead, not not the person making any kind of calls. But at the same time, they don't have the next generation of of these globalist, um, you know, genius minds that can continue to change things while the people don't see it. So we are seeing it and they're making a lot of mistakes. Yet at the same time, there's still so many people, especially in America, that do not see it at all. Because the more I hear the left and right nonsense and the Republican Democrat and one side saving democracy or the other sides, and, and these big giant amplified voices that have 500,000 followers and they come up in all our feeds on Twitter and people think Elon's saving the world. And I'm thinking they just keep pacifying people down the, down the road to think things are normal and they're not normal. It's like Besmanov you know, and, and warning yeah. people about the normalization of insanity. Yeah. And that's where I feel we are. So what do you see um, from your point of view? Cause you are in Europe. What do you see is happening in, in the, the, what, what is being reported in Europe? What is, what is the temperature in Europe as they watch America basically be uh, destroyed from within? Well, well, unfortunately you're talking to somebody who hasn't owned the TV in, in many, many years, because I, I have to, you know, I have to not sustain any more brain injuries uh, doing that. Sure. But, right. I, you know, like I follow the news um, through social media feeds, through Twitter and so forth. And, uh, you know, what happened in Germany is it's it's only a matter of time before it happens in Italy and in uh, in, in France. Spain has been on the verge of a civil war. It's really going in a, in a very, very bad direction. And... Uh, I think that people don't realize how dangerous the moment is because we could we could relive something like the French Revolution, where it just goes way overboard and you know, like a psychosis takes over and you know you start having uh, a, a you know revolutionary terror. So, you know, who's gonna prevent that from happening? I don't know. In Europe, we don't really have anybody. You know, in the United States, you have Trump. In Europe, we have, you know, Slovakia. Hungary are in good hands. Yeah. As you know, like they have solid leadership that people can people can uh, look up to and and fall back behind. Uh Germany is 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 potential chaos. France is France is potential chaos. Um I don't know if if better leadership will emerge. I don't know whether Russia, China, some of these other players might have a way to reach out and um provide a helping hand you know to stabilize the situation so things don't like de decay completely but we are in a, we are in a very very dangerous moment and so um how things evolve from here we're going to find out but the uh, the circumstances are very very tense yeah and you know what i also saw this is why i i believe that a lot of things are going to happen in america that if 
people are not uh, aware. I think pretty much, though, at this point, left of center, right of center are disgusted and believe that the entire system is broken. Uh, that would be probably 15 percent on each side. And because we're in this paradigm where we still are stuck in this fraud of a uh, Republican, Democrat, left, right, when we really have a, a totally uh, captured uh, government from top to bottom. People have to play along with the system up to 2024. And so much is going to happen between here and there. And I, I firmly believe that they cannot go forward with this, you know, World War Three on steroids. I believe we're already in it. But to, to kick it to the next level and maybe include Taiwan definitely means they need to do a draft because I was looking at it and I believe Russia and, and China keep again and again reiterating their friendship for no reason out of nowhere. They have declarations yeah. every few weeks. Yeah. And then last week we saw uh, G and uh, Kim Jong-un say that talk about their friendship and, you know, Iran and talking about their friendship. So what's really also happening and then the BRICS nations on the first, as you had said, would happen. Um, Saudi Arabia and other nations join them. So the hard part here, and I, I wish the American people and I think they will, will see, is we cannot continue down this path. I can't even believe that in 2024 on planet Earth. Anyone thinks that a military response to anything is the best option. And and it really is at a point where we need, I believe, an upri an anti-war type uprising, because at the end of the day, uh, I believe between Russia and China, they have three million active troops. We don't have anywhere close to that. And a lot of the active troops right now are not, you know, even in, a, in, in the position to get involved at this point. So I, I, I'm wondering if you believe that there will be a, a backlash against the wars because this is unsustainable and the end game is nuclear. Givaderm is a luxurious, toxin-free skincare that actually works. Not only do we take the toxins out, we put the most powerful nutrients in. All of our products are an effective way to detoxify, replenish, and protect your skin. Our toxin-free, natural ingredients provide real results without compromising your skin's health. Unlock the secret to beautiful, healthy skin using this synergistic skincare system. It's never too late or too early to begin living a more beautiful life with Givaderm. Natural, healthy skin. Head over to the MelKShow.com partners page and get a 10% discount now. Yes, uh, I don't know. it. I think uh, to a large extent, it depends on us not uh, falling into the war hysteria. Well, you see, you're, you're correct in saying that the Western alliance, you know, whether you count United States and Britain or whether you count the whole of NATO or, you know, NATO plus Japan, Australia, none of them have, I don't think many people at all have any illusion that they have any chance right. of prevailing in a military conflict so the you know the objective of escalating war uh, pressures is not to try to defeat Russia and China. They they know they can't do this. the The reason for war, and this has been the case for more than two thousand years, is that when conditions at home become unbearable, when you sense that there's going to be a break, a revolution, a you know social uprising yeah. that you can no longer control, then what you do is you create the external enemy or you um, spark a war against a, an external enemy. And then, you know, uh, you create a lot of bloodshed, a lot of destruction, but the structure in power remains in power. Best, you know, Romans have done this repeatedly. 
you know, and and the latest example, the clearest example is Israel. You know, because what Netanyahu was beset by weeks upon weeks of demonstrations, he was about to go to prison for corruption. He, I mean, to court and probably then to prison. He was finished. His whole political career was at an end. And, um, you know, then October 7th happened, which has so many hallmarks of a false flag attack that it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then, you know, like I... I spoke, you know, I have friends in Israel who were dismayed about the state of things in Israel. They literally called the place a shithole because of the way yeah. the way their their political establishment was abusing the people. And you know, people don't understand this, but majority of people in Israel are are, are in poverty, the, the economy is doing poorly, politics is a complete chaos. And then October 7th happened, and then even those people who were saying that this is a shithole kind of thought like, we're under attack, we need to defend ourselves. Right. And now you produced again that mass formation psychosis where people are, okay, we, you know, well, they, they still happen to hate their government, but they're no longer targeting right. their grievances at the government. Now they have an external enemy. So my worry is that they managed to create this kind of thing. That would be the objective of war, not anybody's delusion that they could defeat Russia or China. And this is what the real danger is, because if that happens, we're going to go into, into massive bruising. And then you're right, our children might end up getting drafted into, you know, yeah. Getting... And all these all these people that are, you know, it's like when Martin Luther King said during uh, the Vietnam War, he said uh, they're sending white kids and black kids to Vietnam. We have the same enemy. You know, it's going to be like, OK, well, they're sending all the kids to to a war that none of us that has no good ending. There is no that's the one thing you said earlier in the show, too. There is no winning. What does winning look like? They never had a winning strategy in Afghanistan. They certainly didn't have one in Ukraine. They don't, I mean, they don't, there is no win in Israel for anyone on either side of, of, a, of a manufactured conflict. So again, I go back to the same people, I believe, benefit from all of this. Because I remember in the remote year of the Davos uh, event, uh, Soros made a speech at the end where he kind of talked about, and what he was saying, the gist of it, anyone can go look it up, was he was basically saying if they do not get the great reset that they might as well blow up the world and i feel like that this group and it's a small group and i feel like if the american people as a whole because we have a lot, we have about 100 million people they say that don't participate and don't vote at all is is what i'm told uh you don't know the numbers about anything here because it's all controlled by the people that uh you know uh, you know control the media and everything else but if the american people fully understood that we are a captured nation by billionaire globalist oligarchy and the, the international banking cartel, I feel like the people of America would be like, what? You know, like, are you, are you serious? But they're not allowed to see that. And a lot of that has to do with propaganda. And luckily, there are people like you out there that I think hit a lot of people where that where they where they you can break the propaganda. But, you know, I just saw last week and I was disturbed by this, you know, um, 
During Obama's reign, he uh, reversed the Smith-Munt Act and put Smith-Munt Modernization Act, where now the government, if they saw it necessary, could use propaganda against us, which we saw during the pandemic and then the Ukraine uh, episode. Uh, but, which is which is why Obama made it legal in 2012 to propagandize the, Amer the American people. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that. But then I, and then I saw... To the tune of $800 million of taxpayer money. So we're part propagandizing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then they passed this Competes Act. And no matter what you think about this, in this Competes Act, there is $500 million to go to journalists to put out basically negative propaganda about China. So that, again, so here we are yeah. again. We do not know the truth about anything. Mm -hmm. And yes. here, I, that's why I'm saying we. The, I think the most important thing is to break the narrative. So, of course, uh, what we are getting all over the place, including a a uh, a message that went out from Google about they're changing their sensitive events, uh, you know, censorship thing. We got the World Health Organization is changing their censorship thing, and they're now working with Google and YouTube. And then we have the World Economic Forum saying the number one problem in the world is fighting misinformation and disinformation. What an upside down, ugly web we have here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that, uh, you know, this this gives us something positive to, to, to latch onto, the fact that they're actually panicked and that they've lost control of the narrative. Yep. But, you know, I think that we need to still um, push this out as 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 hard as we know how because you know my worry is look what happened in ukraine um it was a, absolutely a very small minority of people that turned the country into a into a fascist hellhole yeah um the you know the the swoboda party and the right sector in in their first election in 2014 combined got less than 2% of the vote but they gave themselves all the key uh, cabinet posts and five key governorships. And from there on, they, they started this slow, gradual propaganda campaign against Russia, you know, where, yeah. you know, Russia was to blame for everything. And then, you know, they, they provoked a war. Yep. And once the war started, again, you have this effect where even, even though you know, 72 or 74% of people voted for Zelensky because he was promising peace and reconciliation with Russia. Right. And he was he was um he was campaigning on on re making it legal again for people to speak Russian, you know, unbanning the language yeah. and and all of these nice things. So people say, yes, this is what we want. So they swept him into the office, they go uh, do a Zelensky, here's the key, Mel. Zelensky changed his tune, you know when? Practically from the day when Joe Biden entered the White House. You know? Yeah. I so he know. was kind of still holding on to his platform until Joe Biden was in the White House. And then he was like, okay, now the real business, we're aiming for war with Russia. Right. And then what happens is even though the majority of people are not interested in war. They want to reconcile with Russia. They want peace. They want trade cooperation. They want to be prosperous. They want to go to work and so on. The second their country is attacked, everybody coalesces. Well, not everybody, but many people do. Yeah. And then the, 
the the swamp that's in power goes hardcore hardcore repression taking out uh, dissident media taking out political opposition forcing people into the military service forcing them at gunpoint into you know like they have whole military units whose only purpose is to shoot the ones who want to withdraw yeah they shoot them dead sick yeah so you know what happens after they've been spending 500 million to you know uh propagandize against russia and they've been very successful at that unfortunately no sorry but against china yes and then they orchestrate a false flag attack that they attribute to china and then everybody goes like that's what I'm worried about because I'm seeing the Taiwan and then I saw that in that competes act. And don't forget, again, this is why if people don't understand the uniparty still to this point, if people are and there are a lot of people very it's shocking to me. But the people that the Democrats that still support Joe Biden seems to be like they'd rather all of the Americans that that voted for Trump or even just didn't vote for Biden. They don't they'd rather them all re-educate i mean the hatred of of half this nation and then you know watching christopher ray go over there to davos to talk about what's going to happen to america with the global governance uh international bankers uh, is is also disturbing because at the same time uh, the fbi has put in a new uh division that is uh an anti-government anti-authority uh, uh division that is basically aimed at um trump supporters or maga americans or whatever they want to call them and so they are laying the groundwork for what you're talking about yes. that happened in Ukraine to happen here and the border yes, wide open they and they're lying about who's coming through the border. My friend Anne and, and Michael Yan, they've been down there in, in, in Panama and Ben Bergstrom. This isn't these are fighters that are coming in here. So oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. so what you're talking about, that that mix, that that playbook we saw in Ukraine from the 2014, uh, you know, uh, coup by us forward is actually playing out in America. And enough people don't see that at this point, but there is a lot of people talking, will there be an election? What what will happen between now and then? I, I'm being told that the same people that funded Black Lives Matter, that are funding the ceasefire marches and all of this, uh, have a plan for February and March for an uprising of demand citizenship that'll be similar to Black Lives Matter uh, riots in the streets. So uh, America's in a serious, a serious danger, but you're always somebody that says that the people still have the power if they exercise it. And and uh, that's what I'm worried about because now it's looking more and more like I think January 6th was a setup for now. I, I just, I really think that the idea that we can't redress our grievances against the government or um, any of that, because if you look back to pictures of what happened in, during Vietnam or even Iraq, there were, there were hundreds of thousands of people in Washington, D.C. saying, we don't want this. Right now, you can't get you know, a hundred people in America to get together and to address their grievances against the government in protest because they're scared because of January 6th. Yeah, uh, that is that is the case. I think that nevertheless, we have to find ways to resist because uh, otherwise we're, you know, we're the good Germans, the good Ukrainians, exactly. the, the good Israelis. Uh, we're just uh, uh, acquiescing to whatever it is that they're doing. And there are effective ways of resisting, most important one of which is, I think, exactly what you and I are doing right now, talking about it in the open and making sure that it reaches as many people as as, as possible. And then 
flat out asking those people to share the information with the people who are around them because um you know the the old playbook of uh you know barbarians at the gate we have to all mobilize for war is an absolute disaster and it would be the greatest christmas gift we could give to these degenerate sinister oligarchs who are you know who's who who have obviously decided that if they can't have it their way, they're going to burn everything down. Exactly. And like an abusive uh, husband, you know, says, yeah. if I can't have her, nobody can. That's how I feel they feel about the world right now. And in that Soros speech from 2020, I'm telling you, I looked at that and then I, I went back and read it. And I'm that is what I feel like they're openly saying that. And, you know, when people are marching in the street, ceasefire now, I have friends that were doing. I said, who are you talking to? It's not the Israeli military, obviously, that is that has this ability. Certainly the, the U.S. doesn't. So at the end of the day, we, we are back at a place where it's like, who are they? And you've been very good at defining who they are. But there are still people that resist that. And, and I think people resist more than anything the concept of that there actually are evil people out there that do want to do this planet and the people on it real harm. Yes. OK, so. <laughs> Yeah, the they are obviously the families that control the two big to fail banks, yeah. uh, which are you know officially known as global systemically important banks, uh, listed uh, by the Bank of International Settlements. But you know the banks as the banks, they're institutions. You know they do what institutions do. Uh, the the controlling interest in those banks is is what's important. And so there we're looking at physical people like uh, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and uh, a, a number of other families. Uh, you know, some of the names we know, maybe there are more names, I don't know. But, you know, I I wouldn't have said this to you maybe three days ago, but I will say this now. It seems to me that the, the top of the heap definitely are the Rothschilds. And the reason why I came to, to this conclusion is because I just saw a clip of Alan Dershowitz defending himself against uh for uh, with regards to his links to um epstein. jeffrey epstein yep and he blurts out that he was introduced to jeffrey epstein by lady rothschild so he's referring to uh lady. lynn forrester the rothschild She's the wife of the late Evelyn Rothschild. You know, he's the man who, if you if you find on the internet, he's the man who's poking Prince Charles on the chest, you know, before he was king. You know, like, who gets to poke royalty on the chest as he's, as he's speaking to him? They are the ones who, uh, I think, 15 years ago or so, were buying up all the weather channels around the world and weather reporting stations. Why? In the same interview, when he, I think that was CNBC or Bloomberg TV, he was talking about this, and then he also said, like, "Oh, and we're trying to help the air, uh, you know, these these um, these um, how do you call them? Windmill electric elect? How do you call those? I forget now. Yeah, yeah. My mind, but you know what I mean? The, yeah, the, sure, the, sure. The, the green, uh, green energy. Uh, the green energy. Yeah. And um, anyway, you know, I. You, you saw the whole mess that erupted around around Jeffrey Epstein and what a massive network of um, of blackmailed power brokers in our political system they controlled. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's hard not to well, say it. I mean, you're bringing up Evelyn de Rothschild. He ran the city of London, first of all. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, exactly. And the Economist magazine that was kind of the, you know, like that was his his magazine and then this and that. But also, and now, she, yeah, go ahead. And now uh, Evelyn, For um, sorry, uh, Lynn Forster, the Rothschild is the is the chief editor or, or CEO or whatever of of um, of the Economist. And the Economist, like when was it? Twenty years ago, predicted <laughs> one world currency. Right. They they were like, this is what's coming, people. So it it always it always uh, goes to the same top of the heap yep. and and confirms what I've been saying now for many years that all roads lead to London. Yeah. And you know, she introduced Jeffrey Epstein to Dershowitz. So this is how Jeffrey Epstein started to get his funding to penetrate the American political system and get all these people into his honey traps. Yeah. And these people are still being protected and they're still running things. Right. What's very scary is I I got kicked off of YouTube basically because I would not stop reporting on Jeffrey Epstein uh, at a point. <laughs> but I have to tell you something um, that that people really don't realize about this whole situation with Epstein. First of all, I, I can trace Epstein back to Iran-Contra and running guns and Air America and him and Wexner and, and all this stuff. And I've done that. But also he was very, very invested in transhumanism, very, very invested in what was going on at the Human Genome Project. And his hands were in everything. But what you're saying is the one part that bothers me the most about people dismissing the case. I think what they just I, I had already talked about all the names released from the from the big release on the first and said this is not what's happening. What I actually think they were doing by releasing Virginia's case or re unredacting it was to say, OK, we gave you the information. Now, you know the story of Epstein, walk away, just like the Warren report or the or the 9-11 report, because what really matters here, and I think that I've always said the Epstein case is a giant, is much bigger than people think, because his three main allies that I deciphered over, like, not just, and Whitney Webb wrote a great book about it with Johnny Vedmore and a lot of people, but I will tell you that his main allies seem to have been Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, and Ehud Barak. And then on top yes. of that, he had this Saudi passport, which he had to have gotten from the kingdom. And then he had all. And then we know he was very, very in, not just with Prince Andrew, but with the crown in general. You know, there's all these pictures of him there. And the biggest part is I wonder when I look at and you have Politico and NBC being like, oh, this isn't a big deal. Who cares about child tra uh, sex trafficking, whatever? Nobody has been arrested. That was a client, not stately from from uh, J.P. Morgan, who had to pay three hundred million dollars to the victims, not uh, this Dubin guy. Nobody. What Les Wexner hasn't been questioned. Clinton hasn't been questioned. I mean, this is so such in our face again, another in our face um, situation. But to me, uh, Alex, the scariest and most important part of this is if this has been going on for over 30 years, that Jeffrey Epstein and Maxwell and I believe her father before that were running an international very high end, I'm told to the tune of about $500 million going around in that ring for 30 years. How much of what's happened on this planet is because of Jeffrey Epstein having blackmail on world leaders and military leaders and all of that. And yet the FBI and the DOJ and the Southern District of New York confiscated plenty of evidence, as did the Palm Beach Police Department. And yet we've seen none of that. And I feel like the world needs to know 
Who was blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein and what did that do to our planet? And I don't think he's the only one. I think there's many blackmail networks, but it really shows us how the world is functioning and especially the military industrial complex, the war on terror. You know, how much of this stuff was it was encapsulated in that? And the world should be demanding to know the evidence of who was involved and who was blackmailed. Yeah, uh, we don't know, and I, I do, I do genuinely hope that we will find out. But it's going to be a tough slog, and uh, I, I think that they are now desperately trying, trying to cover their track. They're desperately trying to overturn the, the, you know, overturn the board, and you know, they're trying, they're trying desperately to, um, to, to, to misdirect people's grievances and and the pressure right uh by orchestrating by exactly. orchestrating some kind of a war to give them the smokescreen you know the emergency to um to go hard against dissent against disinformation and misinformation again against the any kind of opposition donald trump whoever you know uh, uh, and and so we're we're going into some kind of a cold civil war which is nevertheless uh very very dangerous it could erupt into a hot war i think that it's it's absolutely essential that we avoid taking the the china bad bait uh, russia bad bait uh, iran bad bait because that would be that would be an absolute disaster and we have to keep going because uh, they're not in a panic because they're confident and comfortable they're in a panic because they're really really afraid for their own future and let's never forget what happened to the Ceausescu's in Romania in 1989. Uh, you know, the Elena and Nicolae Ceausescu thought they had full and total super tight control of Romania and of all of its system, the judicial and the secret services and the police and the, and the army, so they could just do whatever they wanted. Right. But one day, you know, like a tsunami swept them out. And so... You know, I, I think this may have to happen in the West, not only in the United States, but everywhere, except I think that the United States is still the most important battlefield for the future of humanity. I agree. And, you know, you, you saw Joe Biden just yesterday again blathering about, you know, doing away with Second Amendment, uh, stopping the school shootings, which they, they themselves are almost 100 percent orchestrating uh, because, yeah. you know, and the MAGA, the MAGA terrorist in his speech, the MAGA terrorist, he's talking about 100 million Americans. He's saying yes. that your neighbor is your enemy when the truth is uh, our neighbors are actually have the same enemy as us and they're not allowed to see that exactly. enemy. And exactly. the fear and the mind control and the brainwashing is is leading people to, like you said, on a suicide mission for this nation. And, you know, I keep saying to people and I know we'll end uh, usually end optimistically. But the one thing I keep saying to people is, you know, whatever you've done in your life so far, whatever, you know, regrets or disappointments or whatever, maybe you're very happy. But this period in history is going to be in the history books forever. For what did yes. you do? When totalitarianism and tyranny swept the world, did you stand up? And I I keep saying to people, there's lots of help wanted signs for heroes and leaders and organizers locally and state and everywhere. Anyone can redefine their purpose and their mission. And there's no more mission or purpose that's important right now to me than freedom. And I keep saying to people, if we don't unite just for freedom, 
Forget all the other things you're marching about. We can we can march about, you know, your your take on abortion or your take on the border. After we preserve freedom, but I feel like freedom is on the ticket in 2024 in America. And I and look, I looked at the Biden regime in 20 September 2023 put out a document about re-upping their commitment to Agenda 2030. And in that document that nobody talked about at the bottom, if you go through it, they put they list every of the 17 development goals, about three trillion dollars if you add it up, going all to globalist organizations. And I say the war in 2024 in terms of the White House is it will America remain America being the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the actual inalienable rights that we all hold dear. Or will we become a globalist cog in a in a wheel we will never get out of? And and so that's where I feel we are. And I just feel like I got to keep going. You got to keep going. But the American people will need to be the ones that change this trajectory. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like I don't I don't often uh, resort to uh, Ernesto Che Guevara for quotes, but he was absolutely right because uh, he said that he said, like, I envy you North Americans because you are fighting the most important battle of all. You live in the belly of the beast. And he knew what, what he was talking about. And I think that that battle is upon us now. And I think you're absolutely right. People have to ask themselves what did what was i doing when this was all happening i think that they have no chance of uh of uh implementing their totalitarians over the united states but i think that the danger is exactly in that uh xenophobic russophobic propaganda where they try to get everybody mobilized to fight an external enemy. And I think that this is the greatest danger that we have to try to avoid. Right, because I agree. Th that would, you know, that's the that's the to be or not to be moment. You know, do we focus, do we stay focused on our or, or on our enemies or do we let ourselves to be mobilized into fighting their enemies? Right. That is exactly what it is. That is 100% what it is. And that's why... I love talking to Alex Craner. Um, sir, can you please tell my audience where to find you if they have not already? And um, your work is is extraordinary. Uh, you are one of the voices on the world stage, in my opinion, that's actually trying to get people to come together to save themselves. And, and it's very important. Um, go ahead. Yes, thank you for recognizing that. I am actually trying to do exactly that, Mel. So uh, you, I'm easy to find on, on X. Uh, my handle is at Naked Hedgy. And uh, I have a Substack. Uh, where it's called Alex Craner's Trend Compass. So that should be easy enough to find. And then I have other platforms, but you know, yeah. can find it. Well, you are great. And who knew that starting as a Trend Compass uh, watcher in the financial district made you one of the best Trend Compass finders on the geopolitical stage in a time that we need you the most. So uh, I'm so grateful every time you come on. It's an honor. And uh, keep up the great work. And his links are below. I highly recommend uh, you subscribe to his Substack. It is probably one of the places that I go that I feel the most uh, clear uh, after I read it on where we are. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mel. Take care. I don't know about you, but I feel a lot better being prepared for whatever's coming. Every day I hear something new. You, something's coming from the CDC. Something's coming from the FDA. The who's trying to take over our, 
our healthcare system. All this craziness. And what I know is that one man really changed my life, how I look at everything that's happening to me health-wise. And that was Dr. Zelenko. He was a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. And he came up with the most amazing product. Z-Stack has been a game changer for us. We have not been sick since we've been on it. We take it regularly. If we feel like we're coming down with something, we'll double up. But he has all new products over at the website. God rest his soul. He did not leave us unprepared. And that is very important for you to prepare. So he's got Z-Shield. He's got a kid Z-Stack, which is awesome. He's got Z-Flu, Z-Detox. He's got all kinds of things. He always said to me, your, your immune system must be clean, resilient, and resistant. This matters the most. And what I can say on top of that is that he supported me. He supported free speech. He supported medical freedom. He supported personal liberty and everything that I believe in, he believed in. He inspired me to be myself, to speak up, to speak out. And what matters is that you are feeling healthy, whole, clean, clear, focused, and that your immune system is protected from anything that comes our way. And Z-Stack is the best way to do that. Please stock up on Z-Stack. Go to themelkshow.com. Go to our partners page. Goes down to Z-Stack. That also supports the show. When you buy from our partners, these great people, especially Dr. Zelenko, who's dear to me, you are supporting the show and keeping us going. And I know that truth, freedom, and the First Amendment matter to you. They mattered to him. They mattered to me. So make sure you're always healthy. You're always out there. You're always standing up. Be brave. Courage is contagious. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we, the people of the United States, taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this, and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.